Hello everyone, welcome to Random Encounter 237 or 237. My name is John O'Logan, your host for today, and I have a question. Who loves sequels? Specifically, who loves next generation sequels? Specifically, next generation 16-bit sequels. So uh, after an excruciating wait, uh, we finally have all of the Final Fantasy Pixel remasters. Uh, the Pixel remasters were announced back in June 2021 at E3, and then they were uh, sporadically released throughout the year. Uh, we kind of, at first we thought, oh, we might get them all at, the, all at once, but no, there was like, I don't know, was it two month breaks between each one? And then finally, Final Fantasy VI uh, was announced and they were like, we're going to need some more time on this one. Uh, so finally, finally, after all this time, we have the Pixel remasters to talk about, specifically the last three. Uh, but before we jump into talking about these remarkable games, let's meet this week's panel. So first we have Corey, who reviewed Final Fantasy IV Pixel Remaster. Hey there, thanks for having me. My pleasure. Uh, we have Alana, who reviewed Final Fantasy V. I did, hello. And we have Audra, who reviewed Final Fantasy VI. Hiya. Now, uh, to clear things up, if you aren't really up on your weird SNES RPG history, uh, Final Fantasy II and III were never released here in the West. So when Final Fantasy IV was released and they decided to localize it, it was released here as Final Fantasy II. Final Fantasy V was never released in the West at all. If you want more details as to why, you can check out the episode of Retro Encounter. We did it quite a few weeks ago talking all about Final Fantasy V. And uh, Final Fantasy VI was released here as Final Fantasy III because going from two to four or two to six would have been confusing as hell. Uh, as it was for many people who played Final Fantasy VII for the first time on the PlayStation and looked for the prior games. Uh, these are the pixel remasters, so they have completely redone graphics that are very, very true to the original, but they are high resolution and they are widescreen. Uh, the music is completely reorchestrated with actual instruments. Uh, there are tons of quality of life improvements. If you want to learn a little bit more about the Pixel remasters, uh, we talk all about them in Random's first episode on the topic, which was uh, Random Encounter 221 First Fantasies. Um, the thing to remember here is that these games are in a completely different situation from the NES remasters, uh, because those games needed basically ground up. Uh, because they needed new assets to fit into the 16-bit aesthetic that the Pixel Remasters were going for, because obviously they were released on an 8-bit system. So they really needed a facelift. Now, with Final Fantasy 4, 5, and 6, uh, they they slot very easily into what we picture when we close our eyes of Final Fantasy games. Um, so uh, they didn't really need too much work in terms of new designs. But that doesn't mean a ton of work didn't go into them uh, to make them more playable for today uh, today's RPG fans. Um, but let's let's just jump straight into talking about the very first one. Uh, so Final Fantasy IV Pixel Remaster. Corey, you played this, and something I should mention is that all of the people on this podcast, except for me, uh, have never actually completed these RPGs until they reviewed them. So uh, they're coming at these very classic games from a, a fresh angle unlike me who is jaded and who's played all three of them more times than i can possibly count uh so Corey, you were a sega kid right i was yeah yeah so uh you were you were one of the you were one of the kids i went over to their place to play the saga, sega and then be i almost said saga and i was like no um <laughs> uh one of the i would go over to their place to play sega genesis and i'd be like why are there three buttons on this controller it makes no sense um but also, aside from the Fantasy Star series, uh, there weren't a ton of RPGs on that console, um, on those consoles. So, uh, this was your first time playing Final Fantasy IV, and uh, what did you? What was your takeaway from it? My takeaway was that I very obviously really enjoyed it. 
um, kind of like you said, I was a Sega kid and I've never actually, um, I never knew what the story of Final Fantasy IV was. I never played any of it. Um, so I didn't know what I was getting into with the Pixel Remastered, but it was pretty clear to me early into the game that it's exactly the kind of JRPG that I tend to like. What I mean is that it's a game that centers on a pretty dramatic character-focused story, um, and the gameplay is really shaped around telling that story. That's how I view the takeaway of the game. Um, It's very, very story-driven. And that works really well for the game because the story is very strong. Like, it tosses a few incredulous plot points your way, but it's overall well-written, fast-paced, and it I think I would say it carries some emotional weight um, without getting into spoilers. Uh, Cecil or Cecil, I don't know how to pronounce his name. I say Cecil. Some people say Cecil. It's tomato, tomato. I'm going to go with Cecil then. Um, His like whole rebellion and redemption arc, it held my attention for the entire 20 or so hours I spent in the game. Um, And the other big takeaway from Final Fantasy IV for me was um, the active time battle system. This is, I think, the game that pioneered it. It was, yeah. And decades later, I thought the ATB system here held up pretty well. The gist of the system is that um, enemies can act while you're perusing menus as you try to figure out, you know, what spell am I going to use? What item am I, I going to use? What ability am I going to use? And so the result is that you kind of need to make your moves pretty quickly um, and make your decisions pretty quickly, or you risk getting defeated before you can even act. And for me, um, the ATB system made battles pretty tense and I would say exciting, which kept me tuned in and not doing the thing that I'm really guilty of with a good number of turn-based JRPGs, which is like, oh, I'm going to go on my phone while these characters, you know, act out the <laughs> yeah. moves I asked them to do. <laughs> so anyway, the second takeaway for me was the ATB system, which I thought was held up really well. And it was interesting to see kind of where it all started. Um, but I had a few gripes with the game, only a few. Overall, I was very impressed with it and thought it held up really well. Yeah, it's interesting that you say uh, it's very, very story-based because I th- when I think of Final Fantasy IV in terms of gameplay, the thing I think about is how most Final Fantasy games have classes, like very since the very beginning where you could choose your party. Uh, classes in this game are locked to specific characters. They can't change, which makes the classes uh, very much a part of the story rather than outside of the story as it becomes in Final Fantasy uh, V. Yeah, the characters' identities are quite literally wrapped up in their classes, at least for a few of them, at the least. Yeah, Cecil notwithstanding. (laughs) Yeah, um, and something else the game does on the topic of the kind of predetermined classes. um, I think Cecil's your only party member that you have at all times, and I think everyone else kind of rotates in and out. Um, But you always get a smattering of party members that kind of fit um, a balanced party. Like, I think you almost always have a healer, some kind of offensive mage. Um, So even though you don't have classes, um, people do come in and out and and they basically are the one class that they um, are useful for. And it, 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 it keeps it interesting in that way, too. Like, you can't change anyone's class, um, but because they come in and out, it it is a little bit more, there's more variety than like if you had the same party the entire game and you couldn't change any of their classes. It's not quite that uh, set in stone. Yeah, things are constantly moving and there are some pretty big shakeups in this game with some uh, some big cliffhangers. Like you, you, my memory of this game, I mean, I have a lot of memories of this game, but you build up a pretty darn awesome party of like, okay, you have Cecil and you have, uh, I guess, Rida or Rydia, depending on where you're coming from. Um, 
and you have Yang and Edward, and it seems like that is your party. It seems like things are going great, and then you lose them all. <laughs> a few oh, times, yeah. I think. Oh, by the way, uh, there's going to be a lot of spoilers in this podcast, but these games are 30 years old, so, I mean, if you haven't played them yet, you should probably just go on to Steam or pick up an iPhone, uh, not your Switch, unfortunately, and download them <laughs> and play them, because they're great. But anyway, um, yeah, and I mean, it's funny when you mention the uh, the plot twist, because I always felt that Final Fantasy IV, despite the fact that Final Fantasy VI has the Empire and the Rebels plot, just because of the big family reveal uh, in Final Fantasy IV, the I am your brother, uh, big guy in a big black mask revealing that he is a family member randomly to the main character. I always felt that was very uh, Star Wars influenced. Oh, God, yeah. Except for the fact that, you know, Golbez is apparently a straight up hottie under the mask and not like <laughs> Vader at all. Is he? Or are you just making the art? Well, I've never. Have you played Final Fantasy for the after years? And if I he wears if a kilt, Ooh. he wears a kilt. I've deleted this from my memory. This is apparently the only good thing about Final Fantasy VI for the after years. Then, which is, I'm disappointed. I've deleted that part of it out, but not that, the rest of it. Frankly, that should just been the whole game. <laughs> Gold isn't a kilt. Um, <laughs> um, aside from uh, you know there being a. I think a pretty darn good villain in this game. I like Golbez. I think he he has such an air of menace uh, in every single scene you uh, find him in. It's it's he's a very effective villain, even though he turns out not to be the real villain. Uh, everything from uh, the Dwarven Castle to uh, uh, the Tower of Zot. Like every time you see him, he's a he's a menace, and it, it's a huge impact. Um, there are a lot of really damn dark themes in this game that sailed completely over my head when I was a kid. Like in the first couple of minutes, Cecil kind of inadvertently kills an entire village and very, very blatantly orphans a child uh, who is like losing her mind that her mother is dead in her arms. It's, it's insane. Like that's dark. That plot twist in particular stuck with me and it helped make, I think that was Rydia. It helped make her like my favorite character um just because she is kind of like a, a badass in that scene i mean he, he basically says i'll take care of you like you know i'm sorry i called your mom and she says no screw you and i think she summons like titan on him yep, she causes a massive uh just, a, just a, the mountains get shoved up blocking you off from mist for almost the rest of the game yeah um the, the game is not afraid to get dark um no, no it's not at all and uh i uh I think that one of the nice things about the pixel remaster and the Game Boy Advance version of this is that in the original Final Fantasy II for Super Nintendo, they they soften Cecil's crimes. Uh, they add dialogue into the flashback, uh, the flashback in Mesidia where you know they're they're taking out the uh, the mages, and it's revealed that the mages weren't killed; they were only knocked unconscious and taken prisoner. Uh, whereas in this game, it's very blatantly they kill the mages. Um, so it, 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 you feel very much that Cecil actually does have something to make up for, uh, and makes his eventual, I guess, uh, his eventual, uh, embrace of the paladin class, uh, much more impactful. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, he has this like overarching, um, redemption arc in the narrative that is captured like quite literally by this transition to the paladin class. I thought it was well done. I'm pretty sure what Alana, was it you or who was it on the, um on the uh 
the Valentine's Day episode of Rhythm Encounter that brought on Cecil and Rose's theme. Oh, it was me. Yeah, it was yeah. me. You raised a very interesting point, which is this is kind of the first time in, and actually I think maybe until Final Fantasy VIII, where to put it bluntly, you have like two main characters who fuck, <laughs> like clearly. <laughs> you just wanted to say that. Come on. Yeah, I do. Well, it's going to, I got the fat chocobo is going to be making an appearance there. <laughs> um but they do like, and Rosa is real confident about it too. Like she is not a, like she's a white mage, but she's just like, I'm coming to your room tonight. If you have a problem with that tough. Yep. And it's just like, whoa, okay. Yeah. Um, and it's, yep. it's also, yeah. Like it, anyone who's listening, give that episode a listen. Cause it's great. And there are a lot of interesting uh, observations about Cecil and Rosa's relationship, which is kind of neat. And I never really thought about before until I edited it. I'm, good at thinking about things that most people don't think about with things like that but yeah um i think one question around characters that i wanted to ask you about Corey is is edge still a creep like in this version i i thought so okay a little toned down but i definitely just got like creep overbearing vibes yeah yeah i think like one of the things about four is like because it does the thing where it like swaps characters in and out and then you're like final party is you know kane Cecil, um, see i'm camp cecil rosa rydia and edge yeah but like in the ds version at least um you can have other characters come back and swap them in and i believe and i think the psp version as well if i don't if i'm not mistaken i think you can do the same thing i haven't played that one um but you can like swap them in and out and um funnily enough edward is like the best character in one of those versions um <laughs> oh that blows my mind that yeah blows my mind. that's pretty yeah. awesome um if you like put the time into him which is something that you can't really do in this game unfortunately <laughs> which is because the characters are swapped in and out as the story demands it you can't really develop and build characters past a certain point right yeah the main four i like like i think with like cory like really Rydia is definitely my favorite along with kane because I played this when I was absolutely into the sad edgelord spiky people. <laughs> um, and Kane was definitely that. Um, but yeah, I'm really thrilled to see 4. Even though 4 has probably got the most versions out of any Final Fantasy game. Like, I know. <laughs> it's a, it almost feels weird. Like, I'm not one for being too worried about all of the GBA editions not being around. Maybe 5 is the exception, which we'll get to. I don't really know because I've never played the GBA one of that. But I think it's weird in particular for 4, given how many re-releases it's had. And like the PSP and the DS versions in particular added quite a lot of substantial stuff like you know having more oh, yeah. than just five characters basically is quite a lot yeah. I, I take your point about edge edge is just like the other all of the other ones have like really tightly knit plots they have connections with each other and and edge is just kind of like he's a tag on at the end yeah <laughs> yeah is it, is a very very interesting uh addition to the party um and i agree with you alana it's 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 strange to me how much additional content has been uh, left on the cutting room floor. Like I like I said at the beginning, these are remasters of their original Japanese releases with mm-hmm. new translations. So all of the additional content that was in uh, the uh, re-releases like the Game Boy Advance versions or the PSP versions or the DS remake version, like that, none of that's there. And I mean, my pet theory is that at some point in the future, if they want to milk these things a little harder, they might put that in here as DLC, but I'm not sure. Maybe they'll include it with the Switch releases. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. 
bonuses. Well, we're sorry for the last year where you didn't know if you were getting them, but here are some bonus dungeons, I guess. That wouldn't improve FF2. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me ask you, Corey, what do you feel... I mean, you sort of you sort of answered this a little bit, but I'm just in a little bit more detail. What do you think did not age well, aside from Edge? Uh, so, like, the game is painfully linear. For maybe, mm-hmm. like, 95% of the journey, you're just going from point A to point B, just as the story directs you. And you have, like, no... I think it's zero choices entirely in the game. So nothing you do impacts how events unfold or when. So as a result of that, it kind of felt sometimes like I was playing an on-wheels experience... And I know that linearity is pretty common to 90s JRPGs, so it wasn't a surprise. Um, it just kind of kills some of the replay value. And I think if this were remade, um, like a modern developer would probably, you know, give you something to make you want to play it again. Um, whether it's character classes, ability trees, some kind of player choice. So for me, it was really the linearity, um, which I know for some people is not an issue. Um, but for me, it... It wasn't a plus. No, I completely understand. And linearity is, again, going back to the fact that you can't really customize your characters at all, either in terms of classes or even in terms of stats, because they're in your party for short periods of time, and then they leave up until the end. Um, I think once Rosa joins, she's always there, right? I think so. And same thing with Rydia. Rydia for definite when she rejoins. When she rejoins at the Dwarven Castle. Yeah. Yeah. She's Um, an adult. Yeah, that's always been a little bit of a... Her age is a bit of a sticking point in this game where you're like, I think she's 20 or she's 19, but also the game is like she's still eight because time passes differently there. And you're like, that's creepy. And it just makes Edge even more of a creep. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. His creepiness comes out with Rydia the most. Yeah, yeah. You're kind of like Rubicante is just is so much better than Edge. I wish that I wish that he could join you for the final fight. (laughs) He'd be great because he could heal you constantly before you fight every boss. Um, Yeah, I have such deep feeling for this game i love final fantasy 4 um to the point where it's the first rpg i ever played it was the first narrative kind of adventure in a video game that i ever played um i think it's a i think it's a great game i think it still looks great even outside of the pixel remaster which looks fantastic i think that final fantasy 4's design just looks really really sharp i love the references in it i just there's something about this game that whenever i play it it really reconnects with me it makes me feel like a kid again and i think that everyone has that game and this one's it for me so i'm really i'm really glad that you enjoyed it yeah i I really enjoyed it and i echo everything you said um i i don't know how else to describe the experience of playing for the first time other than to say like it was vaguely magical like it was (laughs) it really sucks you in um and it doesn't overstay its welcome and it's fast and i definitely have gripes but it, it was a very strong experience. Yeah. And there's still the elements in this game that you remember from the original. Like it's a completely new translation. Or, no, it's not a new translation. It's using the Game Boy Advance version, isn't it? I think. I, I don't know. I thought it was uh, not the it, original SNES translation. Oh, I know it's definitely it's not, not the original SNES translation. <laughs> Although there are a few lines like Spoonie Bard, which have been in every version because. Thank God. Just legendary. Yeah. 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 They know, they know fans would riot if they removed it. It's not Final Fantasy IV without Tella yelling at Edward that he is a Spoonie Bard. <laughs> Nope. <laughs> it's just not. Um, well, this is a great game. I think it's a really, really cool remaster. I haven't played the whole thing. Um, I played the first, I played up until, uh, I think the Antlion. I think, yeah. I played up until uh, they, the, the Red Wings bomb Edward's castle, which is, which is it, it, in classic 16-bit cinematic style, I always thought was really, really funny. <laughs> it's just kind of like, hey, there's a castle. Hey, there's a, a V of airships. <laughs> So anyway, I think this is a great game. Um, 
they did something very, very different with the sequel. Um, up to this point, Final Fantasy, I mean, this is the fifth entry, but they're still doing things. They're still experimenting. And with Final Fantasy V, uh, they looked at, I guess, the character linearity of uh, locked classes and like a massive expansive party with, you know, characters moving in and out. And uh, God, I think there must be like 15, 12 or 15 main characters in Final Fantasy uh four that are in your party and they were like nah heck with that let's just put four in the party at all times they're your party that's all you get and they're always with you so final fantasy five uh alana you played this and completed it for the very first time and you walked away with it some very positive feelings by the way everyone walked away with positive feelings because these are all amazing games yes definitely, definitely. so tell me what was your uh, what was your takeaway for the fifth game just in general um so I was really, really surprised. I had tried to play five probably around the same time I first beat four. I was like, I'm going to do all the Super Nintendo trilogy. I'm going to do all the PS1 versions, which, yeah, they're the worst versions. But for the longest time, they're the only versions we had in the UK. So I kind I'm of so just sorry. <laughs> I just had kind of shut up and make do with it. Um, and I tried and I bounced off of five. I also bounced off of six at the time. So I don't know what was going on with my head at that point i mean coming off of four these aren't even final fantasy four is a pretty dense packed long game sometimes you need a bit of a break between them yeah it was probably final fantasy burnout i think i'd played eight and 13 around the same time as well so it was kind of like oh but like i'd always had a bit of a problem with job systems i don't know whether it was like i just never wrapped my head around them i didn't have the patience for them or anything like that and i liked the idea of being given a character and being like, this is their story. You can't do anything with their makeup or anything like that. Um, then just go on and find out what their journey is. Um, so coming to it now, it's totally different. Um, having played things like Octopath Traveler and various other games that use job systems. Oh my God. The big one. Including the big one. Yep. Oh my God. How has Final Fantasy V still got one of the best job systems in RPGs ever? Like, I know. It's so good. Like, I knew that it was le more lenient than Final Fantasy 3 DS at least. So I had tried to play that. That's another one I've not beaten. The reason I've not beaten Final Fantasy 3 DS is because it punishes you for changing jobs. Final Fantasy 5 doesn't. And in fact, it just really actively encourages you to experiment and play around with stuff. Like, like Jono said in the beginning, like you get four characters within literally the first 40 minutes of the game. You get a bunch of new jobs within the first hour, and then a couple of hours later, you get another like package of them. You find out you can combine two jobs at the same time. So, you know, if you want to be a knight white mage, you can. Um, or, you know, you can have white magic on your knight or something like that. Um, so basically what you do is you equip a job on a character, you use them in battle, you get job points, they level up the job separate to your character's level. Uh, so some have got like, some can go up to level three, some can go up to level seven, depending on what job it is. And you learn skills off of them and you can use those skills on other jobs, basically. So the further along you get into the game, the customization is basically endless you can only have one other skill on every job except one job which is the very 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 first job you get freelancer which is just basically back in your normal clothes um so yeah i just was absolutely addicted to leveling up jobs for like half the game i was like no i've got to get up i've got to get this up i've got to get this up and like you know there's some jobs here that were brand new like blue mage i think was brand new to final fantasy 5 am i right which you know is a bit of a job to get your head around if you don't have game faqs or the internet at all it's um, a lot of work it's a lot of work but if you put the time and the effort into blue mage and um 
chemist as well um oh my goodness you can like absolutely snap the game in half and i think that's like the beauty of it because i think final fantasy 5 doesn't rub a band necessarily but like don't, don't forget don't forget Audrey's favorite character the geomancer oh geomancer <laughs> geomancer's cool i used the geomancer for like a significant amount of time actually Yay. on um on cryl <laughs> it was so fun everyone's like don't use this class and i was using it i was like why why are you telling me not to use it i'm ringing a bell and the enemies are dying Mm-hmm. Like, what do you want me to do? What's more funny than ringing a bell and causing an earthquake and watching all the enemies die? Rydia knows for that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't have a bell though, but Rydia is cool. Rydia is cooler than a geomancer, I'm afraid. Um, I agree. But, but yeah, there's jobs that require a lot of effort, um, but are rewarding as well. Um, and then there are other ones that are really simple, you know, like knight and monk make total sense. Ninja is ridiculous and you should max it out for double hit because double hit is incredible well double wield i think um double wield, yeah. uh, samurai for guild samurai samurai was my one of my favorite jobs um but yeah i was just you know for a game i think final fantasy 5 came out in 1992 in japan if i remember rightly um and i was just kind of astonished at like how much it was just kind of like here you go go for it just play around do what you want um and have fun and if you you know if you hit a wall then yeah it sucks and you're gonna die and back in the day you would have had to have restarted the dungeon or gone from the last save point at least the pixel remaster has auto save yeah so quality of life feature for all these is oh, the game's hardest yeah. so good for final fantasy 3 it's a lifesaver um yeah. and 5 5 is probably i would say one of the more challenging games especially if you're just kind of going in blind like i was like I had a rough idea of what jobs did, um, but I did appreciate like the challenge of some of the bosses in the game. Um, but a lot of the time it was because I was playing around jobs, you know, like if I'm going to go into a boss fight where they're immune to physical attacks and all my classes are physical, it's a bit like, well, this is either going to take a really long time or I'm going to die and I'm just going to go back and change my jobs and try again. So yeah, it was just, it was stupidly fun to mess around with. I had so much fun for so long with those jobs. And the interesting thing about the job system in this game is that it's kind of the uh, the backbone of the game. There was a reason why Squaresoft, or I mean, there are a couple of reasons, I guess, why Squaresoft didn't want to release it in the West. But one of them was when they were thinking about it, they wanted to release it as Final Fantasy Extreme because the gameplay uh, was such... <laughs> was such a major pro- also it was the 90s and everything was extreme mm-hmm. and i have trouble imagining a less extreme game than final fantasy 5 in terms of the aesthetic and characters right yeah especially like sandwiched between like four and six like if the snes trilogy is like one of those like strawberry sandwiches you get in japan like the filling is so sweet and so fun that like and you know some you know there is a couple of terrible things that happen in final fantasy 5 it's not all like sparkly rainbows and everything because you know um yeah character death final fantasy 5 did it first everybody i'm afraid to say um and it's pretty sad but like generally final fantasy 5 has this like very which is interesting to me like why i never like clicked with it <laughs> yeah f- <laughs> you tell her <laughs> oh sorry oh yeah okay that was cold I mean, Luana. that was cold yeah he was old whatever it's I mean, I mean, so, so is Galoof. So yeah, I mean, I, with all respect to Te- um, Teller, I am very sorry. It has wow, probably Final Fantasy been... games really like to kill old people. Now yeah, 14 years. Ageism, ageism. It's been 14 years nearly since I played 4, so. Well, in fairness, a lot of them do come back in FF4, so. Yeah, it's yeah. a lot of fake outs. Teller's there in spirit as well at some point, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> Literally uh, at the end. Right, exactly. <laughs> 
mean? Okay, okay, I retract my statement from earlier. Galoofs <laughs> is a lot more emotionally impactful, I would argue. Okay. Yeah, I think. I can see that. Um, but, and now I've totally lost my train of thought. Because, <laughs> totally okay. because Teller told me I was a spoony bard from the grave. Um, but, <laughs> oh boy, you might have to give me a second here or divert me. Uh, that's fine. Uh, we were talking, actually, I could divert you a little bit uh, because we were talking about the... I, I was, this is my fault. I started talking about the extremeness of it. Of oh, no, you were talking about the event, the plot, weren't you? Right, yeah, I know this, where I was going. Of, course of extreme. The main character is a Zed right in his name. I mean, I did not, I didn't change his name to Butts, sadly. I couldn't oh, do that. There's no, way I, there's no way I could um, part with the silliness of having Butts and Boko together. Um, <laughs> Boko but, and Butts. Boko and Butts. Um, Boko is the best Chocobo ever. Um, I believe yeah. Final Fantasy V was the debut of Moogles, wasn't it, as well, um, officially? Yes. Like, they'd made Moogle appearance. Village, yeah, yeah um, and then well, I was going to say they made appearances in Secret of Mana. That's not true. Secret of Mana came after Final Fantasy V. Oops. Um... But yeah, like the whole tone of Final Fantasy V is literally like, you know, exactly like some of my favorite games ever in that it is literally just, here you go, let's go on an adventure. Because like Bart's... It's an adventure. Yeah. yeah, Bart's is not really like this bold hero and like, yeah, he's descended from one of the people who's um, sealed X-Death, who is the game's big bad, um, some warlock who wants to become a tree and send everything into the nothingness and the void. We realized that when the, in the Final Fantasy V uh, retro episode, we, we realized that Exodus is a tree and uh, is just he's just wood. That's he the, sure is. He's wooden both in uh, form and motivation <laughs> and character. <laughs> oh, oh, it's so disappointing as well because, like, when you, especially when you've got someone like Gilgamesh, who is absolutely brilliant like i love gilgamesh to death like i knew he was like at the butt of a joke for like references in later final fantasy games like 12 and 14 and things like that but like i didn't realize just how like how much he was played up for it in five as well and i was i howled i was howling with laughter multiple times through some of his fights they were great but yeah like Five is just so much fun. I think the thing I really like about Gilgamesh is that Gilgamesh goes on this like emotional journey that you <laughs> and the characters don't even know about. Like by the end of the game, he's like, you guys are my best friends. Yeah. And your party is like, okay. Uh, it's like you back away. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, X-Death is kind of like one of my like maybe disappointments with the game. Although like, again, 90s RPGs, you take hit and miss with your villains, but, you know, having played Final Fantasy IV and Dragon Quest IV, which I think both games have pretty excellent villains, I would even argue that Garland in Final Fantasy I is kind of an interesting villain. There's something extremely compelling about how imposing he is and how, like, you know, you fight him at the beginning of the game and at the end of the game. Um, There's something about that. Yeah, it's pure chaos. Uh, <laughs> this comes out before that game comes out, so good good shooing. Um, but yeah, like five is just pure, pure, unadulted fun for better or worse. I think, like, I think it could have done with something a little bit more, and that's really my biggest gripe with it. Um, but I don't know what I would do with it. Like, it's just, I, I love the tone it hits. And I, I agree. The, yeah, it just, there's just some times where I'm just a little bit like, I think the final third where things start to like the world, like, oh, there's multiple worlds in Final Fantasy V. There's one world and another world, and they like merge together to recreate the world which is now going to be sucked into the void when the two worlds come together it starts to get a little bit more generic kind of save the world plot and that's where i feel like it probably slips down a little bit i feel like but you know it's final fantasy and you've got to save the world in some dramatic fashion haven't you um and i can totally give it a pass mostly for that because of 
the the tone it strikes overall. And the interesting thing about the tone that you're talking about, it's set right off the top based on the uh, the opening, uh, the Final Fantasy opening theme. That do 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 do. That this game has amazing music. Oh my god, yeah, and it's not really a soundtrack I'd ever really listen to a ton outside of like again Battle of the Big Bridge, which has been remade a million times. This is the best version of Battle of the Big Bridge ever mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so good um so good. but yeah the final fantasy 5 pixel remaster i'll be honest like i was a little bit disappointed in the four pixel remaster soundtrack but again maybe it's because the ds version of the psp version soundtrack is so good it's still really good but i think that like fives i listened to it and maybe the next one i just i listened sat down and was like oh my god i was like really you you really top like what you did 25 years ago um yeah battle of the big bridge is great um home sweet home uh, oh, i love home sweet home yeah that's my favorite it's so good and i think even the battle music it's just really catchy and bouncy and like i think there's trumpets through it and it's just oh god yeah like they really understood the brief with Final Fantasy V. And I think I said this in my review, but like, I think the aesthetic of the Pixel Remasters for Five in particular, like, really, really works for it because, you know, you said, Jono, like, these are based on the SNES versions and they're upscaled by definitions. They're also like brighter in general. Like, there's mm-hmm. more color to them because there's a lot more, like, you know, the PC can handle way more colors than the Super Nintendo, even though the Super Nintendo could do loads. But, like, it, it absolutely, like, suits Final Fantasy V down to a T. Like, it's just, it bursts off the screen and it's just yep. alive and lively with personality. No, Final Fantasy V is a colourful confection of a game. It is. That's a really nice way of putting it. I like that. Um, yeah, I mean, I was completely surprised and really annoyed at myself that I didn't play this earlier, which I think is probably the best kind of reaction you can have. <laughs> I loved it. I loved Final Fantasy V. Just wished maybe it had a bit more story. But, again, I get it. And but it may have superseded four as one of my favorites ever so yeah (laughs) yeah there's just so much to like about this game and i mean like like everyone else in the west it was years and years i played this first in a the the fan translation version uh with butts and uh butts and butts uh and it was you know it wasn't the greatest translation of the world but it actually it wasn't actually all that much worse than the actual translations for the snes now that i I think about it right (laughs) um the game is just amazing it it holds up to this day uh and the battle system i think the reason why the battle system is still so good is because almost every battle system that came after it is fully based off of it and it does get a little bit more advanced in places but like if you play uh the bravely default series like mm. you're basically using the Final Fantasy V job system oh, with, some ex- with some expansions and things like that. But the reason why those job systems are so good is because of this game. Right. Yeah. Um. So like I mentioned when we were talking about four as well, like maybe five is one of the only ones that maybe mo- loses out a little bit with the GBA losses because there were four new jobs in the GBA version. Um. Mm-hmm. And obviously they're not here. Now, I have heard that most of those new jobs are not very good, but I've never played that version, so I can't vouch for that personally. Um, one of them's definitely fine. Necromancer, isn't it? And one's like a sailor or a gunner. Cannoneer, which I feel is the natural uh, yeah. job for Ferris. <laughs> definitely. Um, cannoneer, uh, Necromancer. Oracle and Gladiator are the other That's two. It. Yeah, yeah, Oracle um, and Gladiator. And I yeah. kind of feel like all of those things, there are some interesting mechanics in those four other jobs, but... I don't feel they were kind of shoehorned into the game 
uh, as post jobs that you could use in the post game dungeons. Yeah, probably. But realistically speaking, mm. it's not the worst thing in the world to lose, is it? And then again, the post game dungeons aren't there as well. Yeah. Um, one last thing to say about jobs. Um, Please. I do love that because you've got like actual defined personalities and characters. They're not like super unique or anything, but you know, it's not like Final Fantasy three where it's just like four warriors of light. This is Bart, Lena, Galoof, and Faris. Uh, they all get their own outfits for every job and it's adorable. And yes. I love the traditional artwork that comes with the original SNES game. And I love the sprite work in the original and this version too. Like, especially Dancer. Every, like, like Bart has got like a flamenco shirt, hasn't he? It's <laughs> so good. Yeah. And I mean, I think Final Fantasy V's got my, I'd forgotten about this, Mystic Knight. It's yes. probably my favorite yes. job. It's so cool. Like that, I think I had Faris as a Mystic Knight ninja. So she was like double hitting, rune magic, everything like that. Like essentially what oh, wow. Steiner is in FF9, um, like a magic sword knight with VV at hand. Um, but yeah, it was, it's just such a cool job. And I wish that like it got recognized more. I feel like that about some of the jobs in this game, actually. Like, you know, dancer is always relegated to like a class. We've never had like a character who's a dancer, have we? Or a character who's a mystic knight, necessarily. Beatrix is probably the closest we've ever been in Final Fantasy IX, but she wasn't a permanent Nello might have been a dancer in one of the FF Tactics advanced games. Oh, that- she might have been, mightn't she? Or, um... Oh god, what's the sequel? Revenant Wings. Yeah. Yeah. She may well have been. I haven't played those. I mean, you could argue that Celis is kind of like a mystic knight. Not oh yeah, you of, could do. Not in the way that magic is used, but uh, the relic uh, ability is sort of magical. Oh, runic, yeah. Run- Why did I say relic? Runic. <laughs> yeah. You equip relics, you don't use them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, like, yeah, aside from that, though, it's, like, pretty much, like, dead in the water, which is kind of sad. Um, but, yeah, it's got some really cool jobs that it debuted, and Ranger's another one. It's kind of a combination between an archer and a thief, almost, isn't it? Mm. But, yeah, there's just some cool ones. Um, and th- it kind of sucks that things like Dragoon and Red Mage are a bit rubbish in this game. Like, two of They're the state thoughts, really. Yeah, you can use everything. That's the cool thing, you know. Um, Four Job Fiesta exists for a reason, right? Um, mm. But, like... It's always a little bit rubbish when you like, I think I put Dragoon on somebody for a while and I had Red Mage on someone for a while. The only reason you ever want to level up Red Mage is for dual cast, um, but it takes so long to get. Yeah, in almost every single game, Red Mage is a punishment of a job. They know it's bad. They know it's terrible compared to the white and black mages. So they're like, hey, if you want to earn dual cast, you need to earn dual cast. <laughs> it's really good in three from what i remember or from what i've read um but yeah in five they're just like no i um it's also really good in 14 but that's totally different i guess um Mm -hmm. but yeah um yeah five is great and i think if anyone's like intimidated to play it oh there was a kitty hi cat there was a kitty oh yeah sorry no no problem no order is taking on the job of Beastmaster for now (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah final fantasy 5 is just so much fun don't let like it's not complicated it doesn't punish you like the original final fantasy 3s did for swapping jobs it's just 25 hours of pure joy i really highly recommend the pixel remaster i think it is the best version of it yes i i agree 100 with that um, I think part of the reason why Final Fantasy V isn't quite held to the same esteem as four and six is simply because the nostalgia factor is not there for uh, people who grew up on the SNES. And 
because they they didn't have access to the game until it came out on the PlayStation uh, in 97 or 98, I think. Yeah, Um, something like that. And even then it was a terrible port. (laughs) Um, So yeah, the, the nostalgia is not there. And the nostalgia, when nostalgia is merged with an actually great game, there's a certain kind of magic that happens. And in the case of Final Fantasy V, we only got the great game part. In terms of Final Fantasy VI, on the other hand, we have <laughs> nostalgia plus the fact it is and still remains, apparently, one of the greatest RPGs ever made. And Audra, you played Final Fantasy VI for the very first time. And I got to tell you, I was giddy about giving you this game because <laughs> I knew you've never played it. I was so excited to hear what you thought of it. And your review did not let me down. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it was a great game. Like I am, I was totally uh, pumped to be talking to Corey and Alana about uh, four and five. But I, at the time, I was just like, "He get to talk about Final Fantasy VI with someone who's never played it before. That's right? so awesome. That's so amazing. You never get that opportunity. So yeah. So uh, Audra, tell us about Final Fantasy VI and your experience. How'd you like it? I loved it. It was such a good game. Final Fantasy VI. It kind of just ticks off all the boxes that you'd want in a great RPG. There's even, I love the freedom of kind of open worldness that the end game gives you and the espers. I mean, the amount of customization you can do with magic is amazing. It just, it kind of blew me away. Yeah, I uh, can understand why. So Final Fantasy VI was a game that when it was originally released, people were uh, salivating over it, especially RPG fans, because it there was nothing like it. It was so big, so massive, so many characters that were genuinely, with one or two exceptions, actually fleshed yeah. out and interesting with their own stories. There is so much in this game that I, I don't think I've ever 100%ed it, and I've played it so many times. Yeah, I don't think I've ever... I got through everything. I may have missed a few. Like, um, some of like the good dream like finding sequences. Shadow's dreams, yeah. Yes. Oh, God, yeah. The dream sequences, I did not get all of them. I don't think. In fact, I almost thought at the end that I messed up something by not. Like, what other game would have you grinding at an inn for a dream? <laughs> God, I remember doing that. Oh, yeah. And then I was like, I know what he is really. Do I need to do this? Yeah. That was kind of my thoughts on it when I was debating on how long I wanted to try. What I find, I mean, there's a lot of things I love about this game, but I think the story and the way it's set up is kind of remarkable and how uh, our point of view character, our main character shifts throughout the game. Like you'd think Mm -hmm. off the top that it's going to be Terra. And in the first half of the game, it is Terra. Like, we kind of see the world uh, through her eyes, her struggles, trying to figure out who she is, her the mystery of her uh, existence. And then the world ends, and it suddenly the entire narrative shifts over, and the main character becomes somebody else uh, yes. in one of the most depressing sequences in a video game I've ever played in my life, um, the, uh, the Lonely Forgotten Island. Gut-wrenching. Oh, I ended up somehow not getting the depressing part of it. What? I don't know. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. That, wow. I mean, that's amazing. You have a good eye for healthy fish. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, and I'm not sure how... I got a few where he was like, I don't feel so good, and then I guess I just kept looking for... One day he just gets up and he's like, I feel better. And you're like, no, you're not. You're supposed to die. <laughs> I need it for the drama. That's not to like play light at what happens. Yeah. Well, in the, the other version of it, I don't know if you watched it on YouTube, but uh, Celis is... It, Sid dies and she's left alone on the island and she uh, jumps uh, off the highest cliff on the island and tries Ooh. to kill herself. And it is like, it's gut-wrenching. 
it's yeah. like you have a character and not even in a euphemistic way because sometimes these games do euphemisms uh for for example like two characters who f- um but in this particular case uh there's no euphemistic language it's cells goes to the top of a cliff doesn't want to be alone anymore and jumps and you're like holy sh- this thing is tackling suicide uh-huh and the, it yeah. plays this her theme which is a slower version of aria di mezzo isn't it yeah i'm like oh boy i was i remember i played that very yeah i mean i'll go into it in a bit um actually yeah. but yeah yeah uh so audra let's talk about okay now that we've blown blowing past the drama uh let's talk a little bit about the battle system um so it is still atb just like uh four and five but they've rather than using uh rather than using i guess a job system to customize your characters they've introduced espers which are uh, essentially uh magical creatures that you can equip and unequip to teach you magic and to uh alter your stats Mm -hmm. yeah and they're also powerful summon spells when you yeah have them equipped which is handy i mean i quite liked being able to just learn as much magic as i could by equipping esper and then being like oh it sticks with your character afterwards i'll just keep unequipping and equipping Mm -hmm. i mean by the time i finished the game i had like everyone had thundaga and kiraga and i had a few people with ultima yeah that was pretty that was pretty pretty hardcore yeah the uh this game also has I think one of the best Final Fantasy casts of all time uh, with some really, like I said before, some really, really excellent character balancing. Um, Like right off the bat, you meet Terra. And uh, then very soon after you meet the treasure hunting, treasure hunting adventurer, uh, Locke. You meet a- uh, King Edgar. Who doesn't, maybe I'm wrong. Actually, okay, I need, I need people's opinions. Edgar doesn't seem like a creep to me. I don't know why, but he just like compared to Edge especially, Edgar just doesn't seem creepy. I might be wrong. He more he's more um chivalrous, I'd say. He, yeah. he kind of like yeah. he just likes all la- he likes being polite to all ladies. He does. Yeah. I think the probably the issue is is isn't Terra meant to be 16? Is she? I thought she was supposed to be 17. That's still underaged. <laughs> well, that's not <laughs> different. <laughs> Apparently he has told a little girl that they'd marry. <laughs> oh, I think that's probably why people... Oh, it's Realm! It's Realm, isn't it? He says something to her at some point. He calls her no, like... some girl at the castle and then he uh, he tells Realm that she's going to be a looker when she's yeah, that's Yeah, that's a little weird to me. I always found that... I found that weird whenever anyone said that to me as a kid and I find it weird when people say it to... They don't mean it. You know, I think it's well-intentioned, yeah. but it's certainly a little bit like, please don't think about that. Like, that's, <laughs> you know... But yeah, it, I, it, he's definitely better than Edge. Let's put it that way. I, I like... I yeah. actually like Edgar as a character. Let's say that. I, oh, I, I love, love Edgar as a character. Especially, yeah, I, I mean, the whole kingdom, his love for Figaro and his brother is just great. Oh, yeah, God. I mean... It's, it's not super hard to be better than Edge, but um, I think the line the line for me that, uh, hang on for one second, what's this? The original, ja- oh, wow, okay. Um, I'm on uh, Legends of Localization's site, which is a great site, great, great series of books too. Um, and uh, the line that, the line in the Japanese version is really creepy. Aww. It's, Realm goes, what's wrong, lover boy? And Edgar goes, say, how old are you? And Realm goes, 10. And uh, Realm says, weirdo, I'm going on ahead. And Edgar replies, yeah, that'd definitely be a crime. I better just forget about it. <gasps> oh. What the hell? Oh, man. Okay. Um, well, they changed that for the better. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. 
And hmm. in the Game Boy Advance translation, they are also, oh, he's still a creep. Uh, he's still a creep. A little bit slightly better. It's, what's wrong, lover boy? How old are you? 10, why? Uh, I'm going ahead, okay? Not even a lady yet. Here's hoping you're still around in eight years, kid. Oh my God. Whoa. Oh, this is creepy. Because in the, in the SNES version, Realm says, what's wrong, lover boy? Edgar says, how old are you? She says, 10, why? I'm coming along too. Edgar says, you've grown up entirely too fast. Lighten up, okay? So- Okay, that's interesting. I take back everything I said about Edgar. My original interpretation of the character of Edgar and that scene was always like, how old are you? 10, why? And he's like, you're way too young to be doing this. And he's showing like concern Mm -hmm. and being like, she's being forced to grow up too fast, which was, I guess, the interpretation of this version. But nope, nope, he's just being, (laughs) he's just being real creepy. Creepier than Edge ever was. Oh. (laughs) Okay, well, we just turned it around on Edgar. Holy crap. <laughs> I definitely like muted that a little bit in my brain. I've remembered some of it, but not like, oh God, I'd read the Japanese stuff at some point as well. But Yeah, that'd definitely be a crime. Anyway, wow. Edgar's got auto crossbow. That's great. Yeah, he has a chainsaw <laughs> at one point. Yeah. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> I haven't played this one and I'm wondering if I should be concerned. <laughs> Don't I mean, be, it's a wonderful it. game. It's really it's a good. Great game. I can handle Ed, but this sounds a little extra. I can tell you who definitely would have been the better king, though. Um, mm-hmm. And it's not him. Um, we have getting back on track. We have his brother, Saban. Uh, we have uh, the 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 most honorable knight in the realm, uh, Cyan. I don't know why I said realm, because there's a character named Realm. We have <laughs> Celis, who is a uh, imperial general turned traitor turned opera singer. Um, Shadow, who is a ninja. And that's all we know about him. Mm. Uh, he has a doggy too. He has a dog, An Interceptor, Interceptor, who is the best dog. No, that bodes oh. well for him. We have uh, Mog, who's a Moogle, uh, who can talk. And dances. And dances, yes. And he has a number of dances. Uh, Strago, who is an old man who is a blue mage and learns the ways of the monsters. Um, we have his granddaughter, uh, 10-year-old Realm. Oof. Uh, we have uh, Gao. It's uh, a feral wild child. It's Gao. Feral wild child, who... Uh, who is a your your resident berserker, uh, sort of. Um, you have no control over Gao. Uh, Gao just in, imi- imitates monsters. Um, and you have uh, Setzer, who is also problematic. <laughs> Jeez, this game is... I was going into this feeling pretty good about it. Now I'm like, huh. <laughs> this is... A potential broad stroke of a summary. It's a lot of people trying to do good who will also have some problems because Locke also has his girlfriend in essential cryogenic state. Oh, <laughs> yes. We're really selling this game on Corey. I promise you Final Fantasy VI is incredible. It's amazing. Cyan is great. There's nothing problematic about Cyan at all. Cyan is brilliant. Cyan has one of the saddest backstories. Wait, no, he has that entire sub-story where he's lying to to the woman uh, in the the letter writing. Oh, yeah. Mog isn't problematic. (laughs) No, Mog isn't. He's lovable. Terra and Celeste aren't. No, Terra and Celeste are wonderful. Well, I mean, Celeste did sort of apparently command an entire, like, destroy an entire city. Okay. Uh, and kill many, many, many people. Um, hmm. Well, everyone has their problems. I was going to say, we're just trying to acquit the entire cast of Final Fantasy VI of war crimes now. It's like we need to sell this game <laughs> to the public, the best RPG of all time. Saban's great. He can suplex Sab- a train. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he they is fixed, awesome. They fixed the animation where he didn't flip it 
on that gif that one time. Strago actually isn't too bad. No, Strago is good. Strago is uh, a good grandfather. You missed out the, the most important character, Umaro. <laughs> yes, Umaro is uber important. <laughs> Umaro is, uh, yes. And Gogo. And Gogo! Go-Go. You named at least 30 characters. Like what? <laughs> like what is this? And only around two of them are ones that I would say are kind of extra. Yeah, Yeah, there are a few special characters in the game who don't really have too much to do, but everyone else has a pretty good balance of uh, character development, both in the the world of balance and the world of rune. And we didn't even get to what is arguably the best Final Fantasy villain of all time. uh, Kefka. Kefka, who is actually kind of amazing uh, in terms of, uh, in terms of technically speaking, like almost two dimensional. Like the entire mm. motivation of the character is not like complex. It's just pure madness, pure destruction. But it's just the character is so well executed. Mm-hmm. I love that line at the end when he says, "What is this? A self help book?" Oh God, yeah. A- anyway, so yeah, there are many many characters. There's the battle system is terrific. The story is multi layered with dealing with some significant, uh, some major uh, deep issues. Uh, including things like exploration of self, who are you, your identity, where you come from, your family, uh, suicide in places. Um, And the scene that I think that most people remember Final Fantasy VI for uh, would be the opera scene. And they did something very interesting with the opera scene in Final Fantasy VI Pixel Remaster, which is everything else in the game is remastered uh, to look exactly like a, a better version of the Super Nintendo version. In the opera scene, they go and they just do full 2D HD, and it is glorious, and it is very unexpected because it is nowhere else in the game. Uh, yeah. And, yeah, and also they do vocals, which is, I'm glad they did vocals because it would have been really weird if they had a fully orchestrated version and then they just had like the MIDI. <laughs> <laughs> so has anyone else watched the opera scene? I haven't gotten there. Uh, I just said, screw it. I know the game well enough that I'm not going to be ruining anything for myself. And I watched it on YouTube. And it was like, it was like a gut punch. God, it was beautiful. I loved it. I mean, the only version of that I'd heard before was Distant Worlds did a vocal mm-hmm. version. So to me, it kind of fit right at home. But I mean, I hadn't played the original, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it it spiritually like it looks exactly the same it's just that this version is in kind of semi 3d and looks i mean it's the it's the octopath traveler style yeah it's like diorama basically isn't it like pretty much um yeah i've played the original and i've listened to all of the translations of this opera i think it looks really cool and i remember listening to like a snippet of each language and i was sort of like i wasn't sure about english initially and i was like oh maybe the japanese one will be best I was like, nope, I don't like the Japanese version very much either. Um, the Italian version, oh my God, it's gorgeous. The Italian mm. and the German versions are beautiful. Um, but there is an interview with um, Nobuo Uematsu in Famitsu um, that a couple of websites have um, republished and translated snippets of. Um, and they he made a joke. He was like, oh, it wouldn't it be cool if we added vocals to this scene? And um, Yoshinori Katase was like, sure. And then they did it. Um, but like, I think a couple of people have said this on the site. Um, it's kind of deliberate that Celeste's opera vocals in particular are not perfect because I'm so glad about that. Celeste is not an opera yeah. singer. She's literally like she's faking a general, it. not an opera floozy. 
Yeah, she is faking it. And so that would explain why probably the English version sits a little weird. And I think, Jono, you described it in a chat once as like um, musical theater-ish, I think. Yeah, it's legit. It's music theater legit. Oh, yeah, it is, isn't it? And I I think it's really impactful still. Like, it's so cool to see that Mm -hmm. scene because it's one of my favorite scenes in Aria de Catale. That's all like, I'm not, I can't remember the full name off and I'm not going to (laughs) try pronouncing Italian off here, but like, yeah, it's just beautiful, um, super impactful. I, uh, I th- like. I mean, this has always been one of my favorite scenes, and specifically because as a child and someone who was in theater as an adult, I was always ridiculously impressed. Like, I think Celis's most impressive thing in the whole game is the fact that, like, in one day she memorized the libretto of an entire opera, sang the whole thing through in front of a couple of thousand people, and pulled it off. And it's just like, whoa, that's impressive. Um, <laughs> despite the fact that she's like, I'm no opera floozy and she's apparently never seen an opera. And my head canon for this is that Sid wasn't a huge opera fan. And when he uh, put the magic in her, he also like uploaded an opera package and just <laughs> didn't tell her. So she had no idea. Patch notes. Yep. Um, oh goodness. And I agree with you. The fact that they, you know, she's, she's legit. Uh, her voice. Okay. This is people who actually uh, have theory, uh, music theory, who are listening to this are probably going to start screaming at me. Um, <laughs> I, I I know what I'm talking about. I have a master's of music theater. Um, there are a lot of differences between opera singing and legit music theater singing. And I'm just, for the purposes of this, if you watch the opera, uh, the, the other performers, they kind of have very operatic sounds and lots of vibrato and, uh, and very like big booming voices. Whereas Salas's voice is pitch it, her pitch is excellent but there's not a ton of vibrato in the thing it's kind of a straight tone mm. and that's sort of what uh you'd expect from music theater um whereas with opera there's a lot more uh it's much more on the vocal side than the acting side the voice is treated as an instrument whereas in music theater the voice is an instrument but it's only one of the instruments that you're playing the rest being you i guess um that being said the scene is stunning the various mm. versions of it are uh jaw-dropping and it's not the only jaw-dropping track track on the uh, uh, in the soundtrack. Like this version of Dancing Mad is incredible. Yes. So good. Um, Corey, I know that you haven't played this game. I highly recommend that you do. I think that you would love it. I would too. Notwithstanding our earlier our, talk, <laughs> our revelations <laughs> that never about happened. Many of <laughs> <laughs> I don't doubt it at all. I read Audra's awesome review and it kind of got me excited about the game i just i don't want to play it on steam i want it on switch so i'm trying to hold out but i'm i'm losing my optimism that is the that's the thing it's everyone wants it on switch and it is the natural platform i remember when they announced it back in june uh, of last year my my hot take at the time was it's it's square's announcement though like this is square's announcement i'm sure in the direct tomorrow they'll announce it for switch and it'll be an exclusive and that didn't happen at all. Um, and it's a no-brainer. Like, these games belong on the Nintendo Switch. Mm-hmm. They are they all Nintendo games. excellent game. ports. They would be so good. Perfect platform for it as well if you don't have a steep deck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, like, when I think about it, yeah, I, I think about it as... It, they're Nintendo games. Like, there are certain games that are Nintendo games because I grew up on the, with the NES and the SNES. And if I think about that game, if I, if I even if it's on a separate system, they're Nintendo games. And these are Nintendo games in my mind. It belongs on the bloody Switch. Put it on the Switch. <laughs> <laughs> well said. Audra, the last thing I wanted to ask you here is uh, you wrote a fantastic uh, Chrono Trigger retro review a couple of months ago. And it was, again, your first time playing Chrono Trigger, and you loved it. 
Um, to me, maybe it was just because it was the time of my life. I was a kid and it was, it was the same system, but Chrono Trigger and Final Fantasy three, Final Fantasy six are linked in my mind as just part of that part of the foundation of who I am as a gamer. Um, comparing Chrono Trigger to Final Fantasy six, this is a hard question. Which do you prefer? Like which, oh, which one? Oh, that's tricky. <laughs> I really which one, like, which both one resonated more with you? I think. FF6, especially some of the character journeys, resonated with me slightly more. But I love the sense of adventure in Chrono Trigger. That's unfair. I'm actually on the exact same page as you are. Uh, oh, okay. Final Fantasy VI for mm. me is... I prefer Final Fantasy VI to Chrono Trigger. That is not saying that I do not love Chrono Trigger. <laughs> no, um, I, I love both. Yeah, there are some people who just prefer Chrono Trigger over Final Fantasy VI, and I totally get why. And it really just comes down to like preferring a few little tiny points. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Even though I'm on the opposite side of the camp, I would put six in my top three Final Fantasies easily. Chrono Trigger is just, I don't know, it's like pure magic. I don't know what it is. There's something yeah. that just absolutely hits it. It's like tightly paced and everything. For six, for me, I do think the world of Ruin lost me a tiny bit because I was mm. kind of just like, oh my God, I'm flailing around. Like I could literally go and fight Kefka by accident, which I think is really oh, cool. Yeah. I kind of like that myself, yeah. the freedom, but... <laughs> yeah, I did too, for sure. It was just a bit like, oh my goodness. Like, I didn't Almost actually know. too much at the time. Yeah. It's interesting because Final Fantasy VI and Chrono Trigger both have uh, non-linear uh, mm. end pieces. Um, but you're right. Uh, Chrono Trigger just gives you just a little bit more guidance based on the clues you can get mm -hmm. at the end of time. Uh on where you're supposed to go, whereas Final Fantasy VI is literally, well, it's the, it's the world tour. Yeah, it's yeah. really cool, though. Like, I definitely appreciate it more in hindsight than I did when I was playing it. And, like, when I got mm. all my party back as well, it was very cool. But, yeah, like, Chrono Trigger barely edges out Final Fantasy VI for me. They're both absolutely incredible. They're both worth playing, if you haven't oh my yet. God. Yeah, if you can. And we didn't get either of them. <laughs> so it's like, I had to wait even longer to play them. Although I didn't play Final Fantasy VI until 2016. So... Taking bets now, which would you... Actually, I think the likelihood of both of these is pretty high. What would you say is more likely? Chrono Trigger getting a pixel remaster or Chrono Trigger getting a 2D HD version? I think Chrono Trigger getting a pixel remaster or at least I think so too. a port to pixel the Switch. Remaster. Given yeah. that Chrono Cross is out on the Switch. And my friend thought that Chrono Trigger was already on the Switch and I had to disappoint him. I it's was an like... easy mistake to make. It's a <laughs> Nintendo game. Yeah. Well, uh, these games are amazing and uh, that's... I, I Just people listening, just play them. Don't play them back to back to back because that's a, that's mm -hmm. a big hit but Recipe for um, burnout. oh damn i remembered something i wanted to say about the opera um one thing about the opera that didn't bother me the re it went to 2d ht the the with the um the style it didn't bother me because generally speaking stage productions are elevated reality that's i guess that's sort of drilled into the head of every actor who goes to theater school but what what's on stage is an elevated reality and in the case of the opera it makes sense to me that the backdrops and the backgrounds and the voices and everything would be elevated um, because that's what music theater, that's what opera, that's what theater is, an elevation of reality. So the fact that all of a sudden the backgrounds have depth 
and they're kind of diorama and it's it's bigger than life. That makes sense to me. So it never bothered me. Hmm. No, it didn't That's me it. either. There was that no, phrase. There's a phrase for like media within media. You know, when there's like meta? a TV show. Yeah, it was meta, isn't it? Yeah, it is a form of meta, isn't it? It's a piece of theater inside a video game. Um, it's a little meta, which is something interesting, actually, when you think about it, that uh, the opera in this game, this is not probably not an opera that's been... Uh, it's not a new opera. This is probably has a very long history of performance in the Final Fantasy VI universe. Oh God, it does. Yeah, because um, the opera singer who was meant to play Maria is well known, isn't she? Yeah, like, yeah. She's because famous. Setsu was trying to capture her. Like, oh God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. Let's 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 wrap up. Let's let's wrap it up with a discussion question. Um, okay, so I think I've asked. I've asked a lot of this before. I think this might be the first question I ever asked you on a episode of Random Encounter back when I was the co-host. Uh, it's going to be very similar. Um, out of these three games, four, five, six, which one would you most want to see remade a la Final Fantasy VII Remake? So I'm talking like ground up remade uh, with like modern day graphics, but using the foundation of the game as the starting point. Uh, Corey, which one would you like to see? I'm assuming you, you. I think you already answered this. You you mentioned four. Yeah, I mean, I would say five if the story can get a little bit of a tweak. Um, I share Alana's criticism of the narrative there. It wasn't very compelling, but I love the job system. Um, I obviously have not played six, and I want to experience it as um, close to the original as I can. And so, yeah, four is my default answer, even though. Like, I don't know, how many times has it been ported or remade or remastered? Like, four, four. five times? Um, I don't think it needs much work of a narrative. I think a remake would, I mean, it would be a lot of work, but the story still holds up really well. Um, so I think it would be a good adaptation for a remake. Technically, they did the DS version already, so. Technically, yeah. They did five distinct versions. There's the original, there's the Game Boy Advance version, which has additional content. There's the PSP version. There's the uh, DS remake, and now there's the Pixel remaster. Which one is on Steam? Uh, Pixel remaster now, yeah. Something, I thought the Steam one was also distinct. Before the Pixel remaster, there was some other version of it on there. Oh, I'd... that mobile version that's really, like, no, 4 didn't have the ugly mobile version, did it? It was only no, 5 it, and 6. It was only 5 and 6 because they had the DS uh, 3D version. That's right, yeah. Um, I guess the PSP version of 4 as well came with the After Years. Um, yeah. You want that version. But don't play the after years. <laughs> Just don't play the after years. I'm someone, afraid to ask why. In, someone in Discord will be very upset with me saying that because I know that they really like the after years and they don't like Final Fantasy Four. No, it's four is great. The after years is like fan fiction. It is. It's fan fiction where nothing happens really. Or actually, everything happens again. Really grindy fan fiction that's just repeating the events of Final Fantasy IV and Golbez wears a kilt. Oh, yes. I don't need that. I mean, the kilt sounds kind of alluring, but the rest of it, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Get them legs out. Go. <laughs> uh, Lana, which one of the games would you most like to see remade? <laughs> uh, I'll say six, which is the easy answer. Um, I, it's just the one out of the three that I think... I mean, five hasn't had a ton of love as well, but I think without the story tweaks, and I don't know what you could do with it. To, you know, you'd have to add a lot. And I know they added a lot to say something like Final Fantasy VII Remake, mm. but you'd have to add a lot more to five to even make it compelling or do something really ridiculous with it. Like, I don't know, add lots of jobs or do like job side quests or things like that. Like you flesh out the job history mm -hmm. more by doing something with that. 
But I think like six, you know, I can't even think of a more compelling reason. It's like, why wouldn't you do that to the one of the best video games ever made, which is like the most easy answer I could give, but also yeah, just 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 give me more Final Fantasy VI, basically. Audra, what would you prefer? Probably Final Fantasy VI. <laughs> Just yeah. for the same reasons. I think that as much as I love Final Fantasy IV, and they did expand it somewhat with the DS remake, um, and five is obviously, uh, you know, it's it's super lot of fun, but I feel like six is the only title of the three that has enough world-building content and characters and uh, development and, like, epic storyline, and I feel like it's the only thing that could support an expansion of that, whereas they would have to be inventing things completely brand new mm-hmm. out of nowhere for Final Fantasy four and five uh, remakes. It would whereas be with chaos. six, it... <laughs> <laughs> okay, and with that, we'll end the episode because, oh god, that I I am I am dreading and I'm, I'm twitching. You're so excited to talk about a uh, Stranger in Paradise when it's out and whoever reviews it. Oh. Oh, I'm super excited to talk about it. I'm in no way excited to play it. At Don't all. play it. Just live through live through internet meme culture. This is the one thing Twitter's gonna be good for is like all the Limp Biscuit parodies, all of oh, it. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm I'm ready. I'm not oh, yeah. touching it with a barge pole. The internet will do it for me. It's fine. Exactly. Exactly. So we're getting some more Final Fantasy in a few weeks, and we will be talking about that on Random Encounter. You can bet on it. Um, but for this episode, we're pretty much done here today. Is there anything anyone else would like to say? These are just really awesome games. Play them. Yep. Play do them. a do pixel D masters of seven, eight, and nine. I would. That's a yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would love. You want to know what? Out of those three, a quick discussion question: Which one would you like to see a pixel D master of most of all? Well, out of all of them, or just out of seven, eight, and nine? Seven, eight, nine. Mm gotta say it's nine it's my favorite one i've got to and i think it would suit it the most as well nine yeah i think so too i I hate to echo this but yeah nine i mean any additional content i can get in that universe i will take Mm -hmm. i would love to see nine i would love to see a demake a nine very much in the style of like the dragon quest 11 demake oh yeah oh god yeah i'd love that and yeah when the tv show comes out release it with that that's great or remake it just do something with nine it's the best one. Thank you. <laughs> Finally, somebody said it. <laughs> somebody said it. Alana says it all the yeah. freaking time. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, Katase has also said it's the best one. No, uh, no, sorry. Sakaguchi has said it's the best one. Yoranimi Sakaguchi has said it's the best one. So there you go. Yep. All right. Well, uh, if you enjoyed this episode of Random Encounter, you probably would also enjoy our previous episode talking about the Final Fantasy Pixel Remasters and many of our other ones. But this is not the only podcast we have here at RPG Fam. We have some others. We have Retro Encounter with Mr. Mike Salosi. Uh, we just had the first episode of Metroidvania March, Castlevania Aria of Sorrow. Uh, that is a classic Metroidvania, and uh, we're, they're talking about it on there. Uh, we have a really cool one coming up for you. It's the Pokemon Fantasy Draft. And then following that, we're going to be continuing Metroidvania March with Super Metroid, which isn't you know really in our coverage, but it's so foundational, we have to talk about it. And Salt and Sanctuary, which is a uh, Souls-like uh, derived version of a Metroidvania game. And I have some thoughts on that one that I'm excited to share with Mike. <laughs> We also have Rhythm Encounter, which is RPG Fans Music Podcast. Uh, that's going to be back next week after taking a week off last week for the Fromergency episode, which after it was written, I was like, it's a Fromergency. And I was like, it looks like I'm talking about Fromergency, which makes it sound like a cheese emergency. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
which it was a weird moment. Uh, but yes, Rhythm Encounter will be back next week. So you can look forward to that. Uh, if you'd like to get in contact with us here at Random Encounter, you can fire us off a message at podcastrpgfan.com. I would love to hear from you. Uh, if you have any ideas for future episodes, themes, uh, if you have any discussion questions, I would love to put that on the show. Uh, and anything else you'd like to share. If you want to send something directly to me, you can do so at jlogan at rpgfan.com. Or you can find me on Twitter at jono underscore logan. Uh, and I'm not the only person on this podcast with an online presence. There are others. So, uh, Corey, where can we find you online? I'm at Corey T at RPGfan.com. And on Twitter, I'm morecoffee88. Oh, I love that name. Yeah, that's a good name. <laughs> it's good. Alana, where can we find you online? I am just Alana Hayes on Twitter. Nothing too interesting. Um, I'm also on the RPG Fan Discord as Alana, though. Cool. And Audra, where can we find you online? Audra B at RPGfan.com. Awesome. Uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, please feel free to share it with your friends. Help us get the word out there. And you can rate us on iTunes and other podcast players of choice. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, everyone on this podcast, for joining me today. Because I love these games and I love talking about these games. Uh, and in the case of this one in particular, my usual sign-off is very appropriate. Uh, because these are amazing games. So whatever you're playing, have fun. <laughs>